Let's Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome, everyone. Joining me again today is Ricky Mnuku. Now, Ricky is the Associate Director at Womanico Transforming Spaces. And Womanico is a specialist consultancy that specializes in gender equality, working with corporates, non-governmental organizations, and donors. They provide services for complete gender transformative change, including diagnostics, advisory, program facilitation, leadership development, coaching, and evaluation. Of course, Ricky herself is a mother of five and comes from a social justice and human rights background. She is passionate about gender equality and systems change and believes that the possibility of change, growth and healing. Today, we are discussing the role that women play in driving gender equality. Welcome, Ricky. Hi, Karen. It's so lovely to be with you again. So lovely to be with you again. Now, Ricky, the title of this this episode of our podcast series is, of course, a little bit strange because obviously women have a large role to play in the transformation. However, I think we also have a responsibility to be aware of and not play into the stereotypes that perpetuate our current narrative. What is your view on this? So, Karen, I think that if we're going to have the discussion, one of the important places to start is the role that women play in perpetuating inequality. Often when we think about inequality and when we do this work with organizations, we have men complaining that it is women who are demanding change and they're demanding that men change. Men provide equality for them, men hand over benefits. The truth about gender inequality, though, is that it is so deeply embedded in our society that even women contribute and perpetuate gender inequality. We can do this in the ways that we understand our roles as women. We can do this in the ways that we raise our men to believe in a superiority or to believe that they are better or more powerful than women. And we do this in the ways that we raise our girls. So it is important to understand that gender inequality is not about men misbehaving. It is about the way in society we have decided how people are valued according to the roles that they play and that we have assigned those in particular according to gender. And each and every one of us has grown up in a system or in a society that has those beliefs. The nature of those beliefs and how we engage with them differs according to culture and religion. But we've all grown up in a a society where we believe that men have higher value and women have less value, where we believe that men have particular roles and women have other roles that are not valued and are not seen. We've talked about these roles throughout the series. So because of this reality, women, just like men, have to be very deliberate in how they interact and in how they ensure that they're not perpetuating gender inequality. 
On top of that, women have to be very deliberate about unlearning and preparing themselves in order to embrace a reality where they can step in to what we would call equality, in order to ensure that when they're given opportunities, they make the best of those opportunities. And they're not perpetuating stereotypes like women, women like to compete. They're not perpetuating stereotypes like women like to gossip. And they're able to really tackle the challenges of a world that hasn't been designed for them. I think I'll leave it there as a way to start this conversation. I think what you've described is fantastic, and you've certainly touched on quite a few key things that that women can do, especially in the way that we raise the next generation to to think a little bit differently around this and and what we expect from or the the equality that we expect from both our our sons and our daughters. But looking closer within the corporate environment, how can the average woman drive transformation within her role within her organization what are some of the the activities or or things that we can perform in order to move our agenda forward thanks karen so i think if we're talking about driving transformation one of the things that we strongly believe at Womanico Transforming Spaces is that we are the change that we want to be. So the first place of transforming is to transform yourself. It is really to equip yourself with the language and the understanding of how gender inequality is perpetuated in the workplace. You can do this by for example, joining a gender or a woman's affinity group and being in places where you begin to examine what are the negative impacts of gender inequality within your workplace, where you are able to come together with others to talk about the those negative impacts and to talk about solutions and to work collectively towards change. There is personal work that has to be done as well, just in terms of understanding that there is a problem. You'd be surprised, Karen. We work in so many organizations and many, many women would be the first to advocate that now we have achieved equality. And we've achieved equality because we have a constitutional, we have a constitutional provision that de that declares equality. And because of that, they are unwilling to see that systemic inequality continues to exist. So it's important for women themselves to be their own advocates and to be committed to the changes that are needed. And then additionally, within your workplace, it is about how you support other women. It is about ensuring that you are there to support other women, support younger women, support your peers, support your leaders, because we do need role models and we do need to be able to see women progressing and understand how they progress. A lot of the workplace stereotypes around women are about competition, are about cattiness, are about gossip are about ways of engaging that don't allow women to progress. So it's about being deliberate in not performing those actions, being deliberate in not falling into those traps and being clear that your role in the workplace is a transformative role. I often tell women when we work with them that being where you are is transformation. And when you can accept that you're already changing the place, then you can see what it is that you can do to continue to change the, the, the context and the space for future generations. Fantastic, Ricky. I think that's that's really some really great points that you've raised there. And I think what I'd like to end off our session today on is kind of looking at, you know, what 
what can women do? And I mean, we know that this is it's now legislated. So so legally, it's quite difficult to take action. But we all know that it's it's playing out in, in various ways. So how how does a woman address it when she say, for instance, comes across an instance where she feels she is being treated based on the fact that she is a woman first and an employee second? And then the second part to that question is, you know, when it comes to things like equal pay for equal work, how would a woman go about really raising that to to their line manager or their organization's attention to say that she doesn't feel that she's being fairly compensated? If you could give us your view on those two things, I would really appreciate it. Mm, thanks, Karen. So the example you asked is what can a woman do when she feels that she's facing prejudice or she's being discriminated against? The thing that is important is to have a strong understanding of law. So to have an understanding of what are the policies and procedures and what is committed to within the workplace. Most times we end up, you know, people get employed, they sign the contract, they hardly read the policies that apply to them. On top of that, they don't go on to find out what are the opportunities for engagement. So what are the procedures that can be undertaken? What are the structures that can be engaged with? So many workplaces do have policies and structures and procedures in place. It's just a lot of us are not aware of them. Taking the time to get to know them is important. That way, when you need to raise a concern or a complaint, you know exactly where to go to do it. A lot of workplaces, when it comes to issues of inequality, are now setting up independent mechanisms because there is a lack of trust within organizations that they be honest about themselves and their shortcomings. So to also look at what outside of work options they are. In many countries, there are also legal options that are not necessarily about going to court, but are about raising the concerns of the organization. Here, you could be looking at the Department of Labor, or you could be looking at the Gender Commission. So it is about being aware of what your rights are and how it is that you can go about claiming your rights. On top of that, I think the thing that is important is to know where you can seek support. Often, if you're starting a process of engaging with your company and a process that really is challenging them towards transformation, it's important to seek support for yourself. We can't fight the battles alone. So that's why I talked about the importance of joining an affinity group or an advocacy group that is outside of the workplace, but really having support for you because it can be a long journey to change things in a company and to seek justice for yourself if you have been discriminated against. The second example that you gave us was an example about the gender pay gap. And the truth about it is we have a lot of ways of cultural ways and practices within organizations that ensure that we don't know the gender pay gap, right? The reality is, although, again, there's been a lot of global commitments made and organizations say that they do want to see change, we have inbuilt practices that say you don't get to know or see your colleagues' pay slips. We have inbuilt practices that say it's incorrect or it is rude to ask and to have these discussions about pay. So often when you want to begin to look at gender 
pay gap as an issue, it is a very systemic issue. It's hardly something that you can take up about yourself as an individual. And when it comes to the gender pay gap, I really think the important thing to do is to begin to support external organizations and organizations that are advocating for gender pay gap, is to begin to support organizations that advocate for gender equality, for example, that can ensure legislation about gender pay gap is is put in place and that can ensure very importantly that part of the requirements is to publicize the gender pay gap a lot of companies make the commitment but they do not in fact release the information so that it is clear not only what the current gender pay gap is but what commitment has been made in order to address it and what progress is made over time. So I think one of the biggest ways to begin to make impacts around the gender pay gap is to ensure that companies are publishing and are monitored and you are able to see the progress. It kind of creates an impunity when we say we're committed, but there's no one that is checking on what it is that we do. And there's no means for society to know if we're truly committed beyond our own stated intentions. And so what we need to really get companies to do is to begin to show that commitment by demonstrating the numbers, by showing this is what real pay is in our company, this is what the pay gap is, and this is how we have addressed it, and this is the changes that we are seeing in the pay gap. I think that's the most powerful as an individual, you can go and negotiate with your employee, you can go and negotiate with your managers, but you're not going to be able to impact the systemic nature of gender pay gaps in that way. Absolutely. I think that's I think that's fantastic advice that you've given, and I think it is a bit about being kind of connected into the, the broader dialogue and the, 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 the exterior structures. That, that exists to support us. And I think the more of us that, that are belonging to these, the, the quicker we will be able to drive change or at least the more awareness that we can create around this. Last question, because this is always something that, that that comes up time and time again. There are women that, that are able to, to really hold firm and negotiate stronger positions. But just in your view, why? Why is it that women typically fear that negotiation process or that we seem to be a little bit more willing to accept that first? Mm, thanks, Karen. So this goes back all the way to where the discussion started in this where I, I mentioned that we are all socialized and conditioned in a society that is prime for gender inequality. And part of the socialization and conditioning of women is around subservience, is around obedience, is around service. I think if I could use those, those three words, subservience, mm -hmm. obedience, and service. And so, in a sense, we're conditioned to show up and do our best and provide service to others, and we're conditioned to obey and to have a lot of fear in what I, I would term male space because we're taught in some ways that there's violence around not fulfilling these roles. So the corporate space is a very male space. The corporate space is a space where the atmosphere, the rules, the name of the game, 
all of those things are very male. They formal, they considered rational, they in fact take us away and, and question and judge what is considered the emotionality of women. And as a result, when we're in the world of work, we are already feeling that we're out of place. And now, you know, I don't want to generalize. A lot of women have learned the skills of how to navigate and manage in the world of work. But what we don't realize is the deeply embedded conditioning that when we are in a context where we do feel threatened, where we are in a context where in any way we feel it is driving on that deep set demands of how we have been taught how to engage, that is the way that we will engage. We will engage in a way that gives over easily. We will engage in a way that that removes the threat or that removes the fear that we feel in the context. So as a result of that, where women have not been deliberate in developing negotiation skills, where they have not been deliberate in developing the communication skills, it is often a very, very scary and threatening context to be in, and they are not going to be able to negotiate invest for themselves. What you see now is that a lot of women's empowerment programs, a lot of women's empowerment networks provide the support on really how do you prepare and think through how to negotiate. So it's not an issue of capability. Obviously, any human being is capable of negotiation. It is actually what happens in a context where you feel excluded, where you don't feel like you belong and you don't feel like you can ask for help and assistance. So you're actually living in a state of uncertainty and fear. So, so that's what causes the challenge for women. It's not because they're women. It's because they've been conditioned to be afraid of such discussions and to be afraid of asking for themselves and of asking for more. They've been conditioned that the workplace is not really their place. They've been, they've been taught that the place is at home. Your place is at home where you show care and where you have a locus of control. When you leave your home to come to work, that is male space. And now you have to play by the rules of men. So it is a very deliberate skill and capability that you have to give yourself. It is you have to give yourself the time to think about what it is that you're negotiating for and to really think about how to navigate your own system that you work in to do it. If you don't do that kind of work, you can often just be scared and, and lose all parts of your own conversation and what it is that you're trying to achieve. Absolutely. Ricky, thank you so much. Always a, a great conversation with you. And I'm really looking forward to our next episode. Of course, where we start pivoting our focus from what women can do to look at how men can be an ally to us in driving through this change. Ricky, thank you so much again. Thanks, Karen. Mm -hmm.